Welcome to Better by Great Place to Work, the podcast that helps companies create a great workplace for all because it's better for people, better for business, and better for the world. I'm Christopher Tkachuk, the Chief Content Officer at Great Place to Work. Each week, we meet with great leaders who have helped their companies become better workplaces by focusing on their best asset, their people, who in turn help their organizations become more successful. Support for Better comes from DHL Express, the global market leader in international express delivery. Hey, everybody. It's Mike Malloy from Quicken Loans and the Rocket family of companies. So the interview you're about to hear was recorded on March 5th. And if you think back, that was just before the pandemic really you know, hit and changed our lives the way we work together forever. So I talked in that interview about our isms and how we use our isms. Those are the things we believe in to, to align with you know, all the actions we take and how those isms drive our behavior of our team members and how we impact our communities and try to support each other. And there's been no better example of that than how we've worked together in our communities and with our team members during the COVID pandemic. So let me talk a, a little bit about those things. First, how we support our communities. When I was at the Great Place to Work Summit, I had the privilege of, of receiving an award on behalf of our organization talking about our impact and the impact we make for our communities and team members. And the pandemic really opened up new ways that we never thought of to support our community. And I'm going to give the first example, which has nothing to do with being a mortgage company, a fintech company, but has everything to do with being obsessed with finding a better way. And that is, in the early days of the pandemic, testing was virtually unavailable in the city of Detroit. And we saw this really impacting uh, the, the health of, of folks really impacting the community. And Detroit was one of the places or back in March that had one of those, the big spikes, New York, New Orleans, and Detroit were, were among the biggest spikes early on. So what did we do? The mayor reached out to our, to our leadership team and asked if we could build a testing site for the community. And the, the, the city had the land, it was, it was at the fairgrounds, but they didn't have the logistics to run it. So our technology team worked 72 hours straight to build them an app to schedule people to come in and out. And at the same time, one of our family of companies called Rock Connections, which is a contact center, uh, volunteered to build a process and then was put in place uh, to help schedule people to come in and out of this testing center. And so in less than a week, in a time of crisis for millions in the in, in you know, in the Detroit metro area, we were able to help build this, this site with a public-private part, partnership and really upgrade the ability for people to get tested at a time where there was a lot of uncertainty and where people were really struggling. And so that was a great example of how we worked through it. Some other examples we have, um, you know, we worked to, to help, uh, you know, source PPE from all sorts of folks. We used our procurement team um, to find PPE, not for our team members, though we needed some for our for our security and others, but really to, to give to the hospitals and give to frontline first responders in order to do that. That even included purchasing a mask-making machine, which we now have and use to, uh, again, distribute masks across, uh, across the community to hospitals, first responders, others who might need additional PPE. Our team members also stepped up in a big way, making hundreds of thousands of donations 
when we totaled it all up through our community challenge, we made more than $600,000 worth of donations in the early days of the pandemic. And we focused on education. Now we every, we host, we've hosted a golf tournament for a long time and now called the rocket mortgage classic in Detroit. Um, and it's really been an amazing event. But this year during the pandemic, we realized that we need to reorient the charitable uh, outcomes from that. We hosted it without fans. Why? Because we wanted to make sure that we could still drive impact in the community. And we took all the funds we raised through that with ourselves, with partners, with PGA, and we aimed those at bridging the digital divide. When we saw the Detroit public schools go to a virtual environment, we saw that there were 30% of households had no broadband and no devices and no ability to engage. And not only does that prevent those, those children from, from accessing education, but also it hurts those families from accessing jobs, from accessing resources, from accessing other things they need. And so we have committed, along with many other stakeholders, which has been amazing, to bridge the digital divide and make sure that every child has a device and access for themselves and their families to bridge that massive digital divide that is holding back those families. So that's a little bit about what we did in the community. I want to talk also about our team members. Now, when, the, when, when I got back from the, from the Great Place to Work Summit, that next week we were all together. We'd been working in a war room. Um, you know, it, it, as we learned, we had to start learning how to distance uh, in those early days. All of our team members, with the exception of about uh, 2% of our team members who are critical on-site, went to working from home. And this is an example of money and numbers follow. They do not lead. That's another one of our isms. Because what we found is we had always been a everybody works together in the office kind of crew. And so what that meant was that most of our team members did not have an adequate work from home setup really to be in for the long haul. So what did we do? We took, we, we had already purchased millions of dollars worth of equipment as we saw the pandemic start to, you know, get worse in other parts of the world. But even as we began to distribute that, we realized we didn't have enough. And so we started stripping our offices, pulling technology off desks, pulling monitors and, and computers and everything. And we set up a drive-through for our team members. And we, they would come in and they'd show their badge and they'd tell us what they needed and we'd get them the technology they needed. And in less than a week, actually in four business days, we went from everyone in the office to 98% working from home. And we've obviously continued to optimize that but that, that idea of money and numbers follow and getting those team members what they need as quickly as they could was really uh, helped us continue to thrive through the pandemic. Um, we found that our team members were struggling, right? Not with our production because we've, we've set records throughout this, but because they weren't taking time for themselves. You know, this whole working from home, I've heard people say, we're not working from home, we're living at work. And that's true. And so in the early days of the pandemic, and I think most people saw this, we were here, we had our computers, we, we weren't really going anywhere. So everyone just worked and worked and worked. And while that may seem like it's good for business, it's not in the long term because it's not good for people. So we uh, were encouraging people to take their paid time off, which they have plenty of, but they weren't taking it. So finally, we put in something called the R&R days. And what we did is we literally said, this is not paid time off. This is not out of your PTO bank. 
you, every team member is going to just take a day off. And we, so we picked it by the month they were born. So on one day, everyone who's born in January, they all were, had the day off. We just said, Nope, don't come to work today. The next day, you know, everyone who's born in February. Nope. They're not going to come to work. And through, and we did that through, you know, the whole month of, uh, months of May and June. And it was great for our team members to take a step away and also to get back in that habit. And what we've seen now is people are taking more of that time off for themselves because we've, you know, we made it okay. We made it said, you know, this is part of the way you need to, to work. So, and then we've had engagement events and, you know, there's, you can't do ever do enough to engage team members. So, you know, it used to be, there was take your kid to work day. And that actually came in the middle of, you know, early out of the pandemic and we were laughing about it because of course people had their children with them all day. So instead we did a, how do we help support folks by having things to entertain the children? And so, uh, you know, I read a story actually with my teenagers, you know, um, read on the stories I used to read them when they were young, we had uh, people, you know, you know, baking cookies, other things to help entertain the kids because the parents who have those caregiving responsibilities, boy, this has really been tough on them. We've also rolled out other caregiving things, um, support for care, our own uh, dictionary.com, which is part of our family of companies, is rolling out a virtual tutoring first to our team as a, as a, as a beta test. And they're going to be taking it wide. And hopefully, you know, maybe it's something your company could take advantage of. But throughout this period, we've always looked at how we can do everything we possibly can to find, to listen to our team members, to hear what their needs are, and to provide them support as best we can right? Because the inches we need are everywhere around us. Another one of our isms. And what we found is the support of our team members is not one big thing. It's a million little things. And, but I do want to talk about one other big thing that's happened since I I recorded that video. And that is in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of an extraordinary time and 35 years into the history of our uh, startup company, we decided to do an IPO. And so in August, we took our company uh, public. We sold about 5% of the organization on the public markets. And it was a really exciting day. But the most exciting piece was why, you know, Dan Gilbert, our founder, decided to do that, right? Right. He wanted to make sure that every team member would have an ownership interest. So we issued shares to all 20,000 team members when we did that IPO because we wanted to make sure that everyone got to share in the success of the organization, which we hadn't been able to do before based on the structure of the company. So really exciting, an amazing thing um, for Dan and for our entire team to do together. And just another testament to, you know, money and numbers follow, they do not leave. So that's just a really short recap of what's been an extraordinary time. I hope you enjoy the rest of the interview where I talk to the folks about living our isms and how we use that to drive our behavior every day. Thanks so much. Welcome to Better by Great Place to Work. We're coming to you from the 2020 Great Place to Work for All Summit in San Francisco. And today we are joined by Mike Malloy, who's the Chief People Officer at Quicken Loans. Quicken Loans is the nation's premier fintech lender and the largest provider, correct, of, mm-hmm. uh, Absolutely. of mortgages in the U.S., um, so I just want to make sure that's still true. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> and just now, uh, before we, we uh, uh, started uh, recording, um, we were talking about you know how fast ro- uh, Quicken Loans has rocketed or grown, um, uh, especially after the, the, the or during the financial crisis, yeah. uh, 2007, 2008. And you reminded me that the reason why was because you didn't get into the subprime loan 
you know, that's uh, right. problem that was affecting the entire economy. So, um, you know, that's why I think you guys are, have a great branding situation with your rocket loans. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and um, just now, we, I just finished recording the episode with, um, um, with Ellen McGirt and Tony Bond. And Ellen ran into Mike on the way here into the booth, and um, she said, oh, my God, she goes, Quicken Loans has the best customer service of any company she's ever dealt with. So congratulations. That's great. It must have felt great to hear that. It's always great to to meet our clients. Um, You know, for us, all of those things, whether it's it's what loans we do and trying trying to make sure we're doing loans that really benefit our clients, whether it's that the service of our clients as mm-hmm. they as they work with us all of that starts with our culture mm-hmm. we have what are called our isms they're the 19 uh, values we have that we share and those isms are the core of our organization mm-hmm. what they are is coming down from our, our founder and chairman dan gilbert mm-hmm. dan started quicken loans the company that is now quicken loans with himself and his brother and a friend in a 10 by 12 office in 1985. Mm-hmm. Last year we did 145 billion in mortgage loans. That's crazy. Why? Because he says there is nothing more important than understanding what your culture is and writing it down so everybody knows it. And that's how we make sure mm-hmm. that we always are focused on doing the right thing, mm-hmm. serving our clients and being obsessed with finding a better way. Mm. You mentioned Dan Gilbert. How is he doing? Dan is doing very well. He yeah. um, he has been recovering. Uh, for those your listeners who are not aware, uh, he suffered a stroke uh, last year, but has been relentless about his recovery. And um, just uh, a, a week or two two weeks ago, made his first public appearance mm. uh, and was honored uh, for the Detroit Business Crane's first ever entrant into their Hall of Fame. Oh, fantastic. Uh, he gave a speech and mm. uh, was welcomed so warmly by the business community who are so happy to see him um, out and about. And he, so he is incredibly focused still on our business, but even more so on what we can do to help our communities in Detroit but also in Cleveland and Phoenix and Charlotte and the other places we do business. Right. Um, I just want to comment and say that um, as a native Detroiter, um, you know, Dan Gilbert has had a profound effect on the revitalization of the city that I grew up in. And um, he's gotten a lot of recognition and rewards for awards for it, such as the one you just mentioned, the Hall of Fame. Um, But for anyone who's not been to Detroit, you have to visit. Uh, it's really has become a awesome uh, kind of uh, sh- uh, hip, uh, she- not, what's the word? It's uh, hip, hip. It's, it's hip. Fun, it's chic. It's, it's cool. Yeah. The art scene's amazing. The food scene is becoming amazing. Outstanding. Um, yeah. So um, I go back to visit. All of my family still lives in Michigan, but I go back, you know, at least a few times a year. Um, and I now have decided to stay actually downtown when I'm That's there. That's awesome. Usually I'm staying with family or whatever, but now I just stay in the hotel downtown because. There's so many of them, so yes. many cool ones. <laughs> it's very cool. Uh, Dan G likes to say, uh, when we get him here, we got him. Mm-hmm. Meaning if we, he can bring in other business leaders who are thinking about expansion and they'll come in and see what's going on, they'll be like, yeah, we want to open an office. LinkedIn opened an office just down the street from us. And Google and others have yeah. brought, brought sites into Detroit. Facebook has an office there now too, Facebook, I believe. Facebook, others, yeah. because they see it and they're blown away by the vibrancy and that it's not what people think. Obviously there's this, you know, during the financial crisis, it was very difficult and there were a lot of challenges and there was the bankruptcy and therefore Mm -hmm. people have a vision of it. But that vision is not true. I tell everyone I meet, whatever you think of Detroit, 
it is not that. Mm -hmm. And if people get there and come and visit and see it, they'll be blown away. And then, you know, that helps drive those further jobs. And, you know, you, of course, Dan is, is, is been a, a, a huge um, part of that, but it's not just Dan or Quicken Loans. No, it's, it's a massive number of yeah. stakeholders in the communities, public <clears throat> and private, religious, philanthropic, so many people coming together to commit to the rebirth of an amazing American city. And so it is truly extraordinary for our team members and all of us to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And when I was on the main stage just a minute ago, I was gonna, talked about I was this. Mention yeah. That. Yeah, so I was going to mention I talked to about me. this because for many organizations, it's sometimes hard for them to find a mission that team members really com- can, can lock into. Obviously, we're all in business. Mm-hmm. But our team members feel so incredibly uh, you know, energized mm-hmm. because they are part of something larger than themselves. You know, in the Great Place to Work survey, 96% of our team members said they felt great about the work we do in the community, 96%. Wow. And they, that means they can see and feel how we impact the city of Detroit and Cleveland and Charlotte and, and Phoenix. And then how we're trying to work to end veterans homelessness nationally and work we're doing in the communities, not just in the Central Business District in Detroit, but all across Southeast Michigan, Mm -hmm. right? And our team members know that they can take part in that, and we have 70% of our team members take part in those volunteering and giving events, Mm -hmm. double the national average. But even more than that, they know that by coming into work and serving our clients and doing their jobs, they are driving something much larger than any of us, mm-hmm. uh, than, than ourselves. And that is incredibly powerful for us as we, as we work to, you know, to drive our business. Yeah. One, one thing that you know, really surprised me um, a year ago when Great Place to Work was working on uh, compiling this uh, research report that we uh, published, I think it was in July of 2019, and it was around innovation by all. And, and Quicken Loans was part of the story that we told about the ways that companies can, um, you know, companies that, that are great places to work for all and where there is equality in the way that they treat and a consistency in the, in the quality of the, of the work experience. When there is that equality, it actually helps the company innovate faster. And so we told a really fantastic story um, about uh, one, of your, one of your employees at Quicken Loans. Olya Kenny. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Olya Kenny, and, and, and it was about how she was able to help uh, develop a uh, some software to help customers who might be colorblind experience um, having a great customer yeah. service experience right, right. online when, yep. on the website yeah, yeah. Um, and called it the empathy generator empathy generator which is a fantastic name, <laughs> name. we're, we're going to get into the naming shortly about a lot of the different uh, divisions and products at, at, at Quicken Loans but um, for our listeners please go to our website and download the the research report innovation by all which which we tell that story. Uh, we even had uh, Oya Kenny at the summit last year, mm-hmm. and she did a great job with with my colleague Ed Fronheim, who uh, who moderated a, a discussion, a panel discussion about innovation by all. And um, the focus sessions that we do are, are basically, you know, the the personal stories about right. what you know companies are doing to not only create great workplaces, but you know how they're innovating better. Yes, uh, or, or creating innovation, I should, yep. I should say. Well, so thanks for letting Olia share that story it with was. us. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny that one of our isms is um, innovation is rewarded. Mm-hmm. Execution is worshipped. Mm. So think about this. Olia had an amazing idea. 
right? Mm -hmm. She had this, uh, this idea. And then she worked with a team with others to actually turn that idea into a tangible piece of software. She execute on, executed on the idea. Didn't just come up with it and then mm -hmm. say, oh, what if? But yeah. executed, turned it in, turned it into something that people could use in real time. I've used it myself, mm -hmm. and uh, it's it's. Oh, a wait, are you colorblind? I'm not. Okay. I, I, they, they they showed it to me to feel it to. There's a there's a there's a reverse a to yeah. to make you uh, understand what it would be like. Mm, okay. If you were colorblind, and they they showed me sort of the the inverse side. Yeah. Um, but but that is that's just part of empowering team members, letting mm -hmm. them innovate, helping them drive our business, and then also. You know, taking that next step and making mm -hmm. sure that if they if they have the idea, they can actually carry it forward. Mm, that's so great. That's really it's 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 innovation, but it's also execution. Innovation without execution is uh, is is just going to be you know a wasted opportunity. Mm. Um, before I forget to ask you this, I want to uh, talk about the fact that you know I was also surprised when I found out that Quicken Loans is not just a mortgage lender. Um, that you have a variety of businesses that sort of fall under the Quicken Loans umbrella, and I'm not going to get it right trying to describe what, what it is, <laughs> we, the full we, suite of things that yeah. you guys have. But can you give a, a very brief synopsis yeah. about the many different businesses and products that yeah. Quicken well, Loans sells? Quicken, Quicken Loans itself is just a mortgage company. We have, there are, there are a few other companies um, that are sort of gener mm -hmm. owned in, in, right. in some portion by, by Dan Gilbert. There's, we have a holding company, Quicken Loans is part of it. It's mm -hmm. called Rock Holdings. Right. But under that, there are also our other fintech brands. So we have Rocket Homes, which is a digital uh, mortgage a, di a digital real estate mm -hmm. company. We have Rocket Loans, which is a, a digital personal loan company. Um, we have uh, Core Digital Media, which is a, helps us uh, with advertising, uh, internet advertising, and, and the other things. We have Rock Connections, which is a, uh, a call center function that helps us uh, helps us uh, do do business, but also is now getting into the uh, online sale of cars has been a big business for them. So mm. we're always looking to innovate, uh, looking to, and then. Um, Dan, of course, has personal interests outside of Quicken Loans, outside of that Rock Holdings. Mm -hmm. um, of course, he owns Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, right. most famously, and folks know him for that. Uh, but also um, has interests in some other things, some other brands that uh, you may have seen. Um, we, you know, uh, Fathead is one of those interesting ones. Um, Shinola mm -hmm. uh, uh, watches. We have some, you know, some interests in. Have you we stayed have at a, the Shinola, Ho Shinola I have Hotel? I've at the Shinola Hotel. Yeah. Uh, I'm wearing a Shinola watch right this moment. There you go. Um, <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have a couple of them. And, um, but there, again, it's a Detroit manufacturing company, mm -hmm. a company that built manufacturing in the city of Detroit. Mm -hmm. So that's something we have to be part of right. because we're committed to that ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Um, the reason why I mention all these different brands is the fact that it's, it's a result of the innovation, the innovation by all mm -hmm. approach. Um, I do want to talk about diversity, and you know, Detroit is an incredibly diverse place. Um, you have scored most recently as number fifty-seven on our best workplaces for diversity list. Congratulations on that. Well, we're uh, we're striving to get better. Everyone right? is. And I mean, we are we are, we are working to get better. And, and uh, companies that are on the list and not on the list are all striving to yes, get better. We, At least we they should to, be. Yes, we we, we yeah. very, very much do. Yeah. So so how are you um, looking at ways in which you can find the best talent to increase the diversity, knowing that diversity has a direct effect on innovation? Yeah, so our um, our diversity and inclusion team, led by our chief diversity officer, Trina Scott, mm -hmm. has been doing an amazing job of helping us grow in this space. As you say, we're 57. Uh, we want to be much higher than that, not because of where it ranks on a list, 
but because we want to be the best, the best employer for diversity, right? That's, that's our goal. So how do we do that? Well, finding and recruiting the best talent is, is, a, is a real challenge, and, but it is critical to our future business success. And finding that diverse talent, you know, from all over, wherever folks come from, making sure they will feel included, feel they can belong, feel they can be their whole, their whole selves at work, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we think about that recruiting, we've really expanded the way we think about all of our talent pools. We bring in about a thousand interns a year to, uh, to our offices every summer. Um, and we thought like, how do we expand that? So we've, ex we've created, um, uh, created relationships with HBCUs. We've uh, looked at different places to, to do our hiring. We've tried to expand uh, beyond, um, uh, beyond just the, the usual, uh, you know, go to the local college and, 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 and recruit. And so we've really seen an uptick in our, um, in our recruiting across the board because we're being intentional about it. Mm -hmm. And every time I talk to Trina, we talk about intentionality mm -hmm. because so much of this is, you know, being bought in, but we're already bought in. Dan G's bought in, Jay Farner, our CEO is bought in, right? Mm -hmm. So then it's on us to make sure we execute. Mm -hmm. And how do we do that? It's about being intentional and not just saying the same old, the same old thing will get us the same old results. So we need new, new ways of thinking about these issues in order to change and get better every single day. This podcast is brought to you by DHL Express, the global market leader in international express delivery. Recognized globally on Great Place to Work's World's Best Workplaces list, DHL Express makes a positive contribution to the world by connecting people and enabling global trade while being committed to responsible business practices, purposeful environmental activities, and corporate citizenship. Learn more at DHL.com. You mentioned the isms earlier, yes. uh, and you brought with you today the isms book. The isms book, 2020, yes. which I'm holding up for the cameras. That's right that we're recording if you're watching this on video. If you want to see the video and you're listening to it on your audio podcast, you can go to our website to find that. Yeah. Um, so tell me what was in the ISMS book. What's so the about? ISMS book, um, you're going to enjoy it, you read it. All 19 of our ISMS are in here. And we have every ISM, uh, a description of it, and then uh, ways in which we and others either have lived it or sometimes not. Mm -hmm. um, and. What it does, it helps our team members, every team member, every time we publish a new edition, mm -hmm. we make sure every team member gets a copy of the new edition, right? We make sure that everyone has this in their hands, mm -hmm. on their desk, at their home, mm -hmm. you know, so they, can, so they can understand exactly who we are and sort of what it is, you know, how we're supposed to respond to things. So mm -hmm. you mentioned the mortgage crisis, right? Mm -hmm. One of our isms is a very simple one, do the right thing, mm -hmm. right? By doing the right thing for our clients, our company was in vastly better position coming out of the crisis, right? We talk about how we serve. You talk about the client service, right? Mm -hmm. One of our isms, every client, every time, no exceptions, no excuses. What does that mean? If you send me an email, you call me on the phone, I'm your mortgage banker. Mm -hmm. I'm not, but we're, mm -hmm. you know, you're one of our client facing team members. Someone will respond to you within 24 hours, no exceptions, no excuses. That doesn't happen. And you call and said, hey, Mike was my mortgage banker. He didn't call me back. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. You know what happens? You get fired. 
team looks into it. And if yeah. it's true, <laughs> they create what's called a no return call complaint. And that goes all the way to every member of your leadership team, all the way up to and including Dan G himself. Oh, okay, great. Right? Why? Because we said it. And if we didn't live every client every time, we didn't live the no exceptions, no excuses part, right? Then we're not in integrity, right? So we live it. Mm -hmm. And we make sure that we also as leaders are living that same thing. We're responding to team members if they reach out. If team members reach out to Dan G, he calls them back. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, and with his health challenges, others, you know, maybe a member of his team will, or he'll ask me to reach out to him or whatever, but someone will respond. Mm -hmm. Why? Because that's who we say we are. And so we have to live in an inside integrity by, by, by making sure we're always doing, you know, living our isms. That's great. Um, <clears throat> before, so we're gonna, I'm going to have to wrap up soon, but yeah. um, I mentioned the best workplaces for diversity list, but I also have to mention that you're on a whole bunch of other ones, too. Yes. So I just <laughs> want to run through the list. Um, best workplaces for, for parents, for women, for millennials, uh, and financial services and insurance, and, of course, as I've mentioned before, 100 Best Companies to Work For. Um, you're also on the People Magazine's list of the companies that care. And that's, I've heard and I've spoken with a number of CEOs whose companies appear on that list. And a lot of them say, that's my favorite. Scott Scher, yep. Scott Scher the founder of Ultimate Software, mm -hmm. told me that actually last fall. He said, that's the one I'm most proud of. Yeah. And that's, that's a list that we compile, a great place to work compiles for people that looks at the philanthropic effort um, uh, and the community uh, work and uh, the, you know, the volunteering that companies do. Um, so that is also very important to focus on. Yeah, it's right. incredibly important to us. And, and as I say, that engagement in our communities drives our team members and lets them understand how they're you know, part of something larger than themselves. When I was on the main stage presenting about this just a little bit ago, what I said was, we are, one of our isms is obsessed with finding a better way. And that's how we think about our impact on communities. Mm -hmm. We are obsessed with finding a better way. And what that means in this context is we looked at, at problems that seem intractable, seem, seem insoluble. And we say, how can we get there? How can we do something different? And so a couple examples. You mentioned uh, the, the incredible rebirth of the city of Detroit, right? Mm -hmm. The largest municipal bankruptcy in the history of America. Right. And yet, because of working with folks and buying, Dan bought you know, more than 100 buildings with our Bedrock Real Estate mm -hmm. Company in downtown Detroit. And not just, it, it, not just a, a building, skyscrapers. Skyscrapers. Yeah. And when no one else wanted them, when they were empty, when there were no tenants in them. Right. And brought all of our team members, which were incredibly successful company, out in the suburbs in Livonia. Mm-hmm. Downtown, yeah. at the time, 3,400 team members. Now, wow. almost 20,000 wow. in downtown Detroit. And having that impact and working with all the stakeholders and doing the things to drive incredible um, you know, new businesses, creation of jobs, investment. Uh, we just announced with um, Steve Ross and the related companies, as well as the University of Michigan, the creation of the Michigan Innovation Center, where the University no, no. of Michigan, Ann Arbor, mm -hmm. is going to put their Graduate School of Engineering in downtown Detroit oh, wow. on a site that used to be the half-completed, rotting, former county jail wow. that was built, half-built and stopped. Yeah. And we tore it down and built yeah. the county a new jail somewhere else right. so we could have that piece of land wow. on which we're going to put the uh, Michigan Innovation Center. Incredible partnership 
with so many stakeholders, right? Mm. And then we talk about, right, if that's, if we can make that impact in the center, central business district, how can we help in our communities, the, mm. the neighborhoods? Um, we have a program called Neighbor to Neighbor, where our folks went door to door. We hired a number of Detroit residents and sent them door to door to educate people about tax foreclosures. There were more than 150,000 tax foreclosures, 150,000 contributing to, to blight in the neighborhoods, not because anyone did something wrong, but because folks didn't pay their taxes and, right. and the city, uh, county uh, had, to, had to try to collect. Mm -hmm. We went door to door. We educated people. 10,000 homeowners were able to get an abatement and save their home from foreclosure. Hundreds more, we worked with them, they were renters. Their landlord was gonna get foreclosed upon, mm. right? So we intervened and worked with the city and the county uh, and, and the land bank and others. And I told a story about a woman named Pearlie Mack who she was gonna be thrown out of her home through no fault of her own because her landlord hadn't paid the taxes. And instead, we intervened, we educated, we worked with her and for her paying her quote rent for the next year, a grand total of $3,500, mm. she became the owner of that home. And we've had hundreds of people like that through our Making It Home program. Mm. And you know, none of that has anything to do with mortgage lending, but yeah. it does have to do with being home. And that's, that's, how, that's, how, we, that's how, we get the, how we have our team members think about yeah. these programs. And that, that approach to community involvement in care comes from Dan. Yes. He started that. Yes. And it has created such a fantastic culture of people who just continue that tradition. Yeah. yeah. So that's it's, great. It's, it's really exciting. Yeah. And then the last one is you, get, you think about this obsessed with finding a better way, looking at these really big problems and saying, these can be solved, mm -hmm. right? Um, we've, worked, we've worked with a group called Community Solutions. And uh, you may have seen our, our TV commercials. We ran a number around Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. We are committed to ending veteran homelessness in America. And we're working, and one of those problems that seems, again, intractable. Mm -hmm. And yet it is possible. 11 communities working with Community Solutions and a vast array of stakeholders, including our Quicken Loans Community Fund, mm -hmm. 11 communities in America have eliminated veteran homelessness. Mm. And three communities have eliminated ho chronic homelessness entirely. Mm. It is possible, but you have to be obsessed with finding a better way. And you have to do something other than, the, you, the, the, than what communities have done for so many years. And you have to think about investment, permanent supportive housing, and other things that will allow folks to move from that state into a much better place. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we think about being obsessed with finding a better way, whether it's in the, the city of Detroit, whether it's in our community in Southeast Michigan, whether it's nationally with veteran homelessness, whether it's with our clients, um, whether it's with our team members. When you think back on your career with Quicken Loans, what has been the one single best day that you've ever had at work? It's a great question. You know, there's so many good days I enjoy. Um, I enjoy everything I do. I, I feel incredibly blessed mm -hmm. to be given the opportunity to do what I do, impact our team members, make people's lives better, create jobs, help serve our community. But one thing that really always sticks out for me um, is, is when I see the true uh, examples of our team members living the isms. And I recall a team member, one of the best days I remember, I call a, recall a team member coming to me and saying, Mike, I have this idea. 
And this is when I was, uh, before I had this chief people officer role, I was leading our mortgage servicing business. And a team member came to me and said, you know what? I see, I see that, you know, so 99.5% of our clients are doing amazingly well. But there still are about, you know, half of 1% who are struggling, who can't make their payments. And, and we, try, we do everything we can to help them. He said, but you know what? I'd like to contribute some of my own hourly rate hmm. to help those clients in need. Wow. And that example of truly living the isms, I always remember that. For a team member, hourly rate, you know, you know, working, you know, working, and I'm sure, you know, he, he's, he's not, he wasn't a person who, who had substantial means, but he said he cared so much about the people he talked to every single day that he thought, I'd like to give some of my own money hmm. to, to try to help those folks. And then we worked on some things and actually found ways to, uh, to use, use some money we were getting back from the federal government as we helped those team members and instead allocated that money wow. but to the kind of program that he thought of, that's which so is cool. a, a, a fund to personally help folks. And that's the kind of thing that um, makes me fired up to show up every day. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. This has been a great conversation. So thank, thank you, Mike. Thank you, Chris. Really yeah. appreciate it. Thanks. You've been listening to Better by Great Place to Work. The producers are Lizelle Festejo and Katie Van Geffen. Audio and video production is by Resonate Recordings. Better is generously sponsored by DHL Express, the global market leader in international express delivery. Tell us about your great workplace experience by finding us on social media. We can be reached on Facebook and LinkedIn at Great Place to Work and on Twitter and Instagram at GPTW underscore US. Also tell your friends about Better, which can be found wherever you download your favorite podcasts.